Episode 72 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Coming to you live on a Wednesday afternoon around 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Filming this sort of outside. I'm in my sunroom, uh, which if you do not know what that is, it's a room that has a lot of windows and it's kind of outside, kind of not, whatever. So there's kind of an echo. We'll get through it. Uh, Regardless... Episode 72, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Schedule's out. The NFL regular season schedule for 2021 was released last Wednesday, and it's the biggest one ever, obviously, 17 games. Uh, The Giants' 17th game will be against the Miami Dolphins. Not the, the, I'm not saying the last game, but that extra game, the 17th game, will be against Miami. Giants faced the Dolphins last uh, two years ago which was Eli Manning's final start of his career, as you may know. Not going to go through the whole schedule week by week and do the whole Mike Francesa thing. I believe Francesa did that with the Yankees and the Mets last year. He read the schedules for either team when they came out. I believe that was for the shortened uh, 60-game season over last summer. That happened, you know, amid the pandemic. He just read every... He just read all the series that the Mets and the Yankees played, like... One by one by one by one, as if you couldn't find. I believe Funhouse uh, at back after this on Twitter, who posts all the WFAN WFAN clips, uh, posted about it. And he and he whoever runs that account, you know, hit the nail on the head with the caption. He goes, you know, write this down as if you can't, as if there's no other place on the earth to get this information. Like Francesca was just reading the schedules for two baseball teams, and even though know, it wasn't a 162 game schedule, it's still 60 games in. 20 series or so, um, not like, you know, great, not entertaining radio per se. It's like, oh, wow, the Mets play a series in Atlanta in July. Wow, who knew? Um, but I will just, so I won't go through the whole schedule. I'll discuss a few stretches in their schedule though, and I wrote about this last week. There are a few schedules in the Giants, a few stretches rather in the Giants schedule that they absolutely need to take advantage of, okay? Starting with week one, week two, and week three, they got Denver at home, barring an, Atlanta, at, uh, an Aaron Rodgers trade. They got Washington on the road, and they got Atlanta at home. Okay, They need to start out 3-0. That's established. You can't put yourself in an 0-2 or a 1-2 hole. You need to start winning games early to establish momentum. Now, if I were to predict, I know a lot of people are predicting, they got, or at least some people are predicting them go 3-0 and start off the season red hot. I say they'll go 2-0. They'll beat Denver. If the, if Denver doesn't trade for Aaron Rodgers and the Giants are facing either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think that Giants defense is going to have many issues. I think they'll start out 1-0. Home game, I believe, uh, that week one Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. They'll start off 1-0 there. And then, uh, you know, Washington, they haven't had many issues with the last couple of years. I'd say they go... Uh, they'll go into FedEx Field on Thursday night, week two, and they'll beat Washington to start off 2-0. However, 
I say they will absolutely screw up the Atlanta game. They should absolutely beat Atlanta week three at home at MetLife Stadium. I say they somehow screw it up. Daniel Jones fumbles late. Uh, the defense doesn't make a late stop that it needs to make. I say they will they will 100% screw up uh, the Atlanta game. But we'll see. I, th- I think they'll go 2-1. and one. They'll lose to Atlanta. Sorry. I just, I, I feel like we've seen that type of Giants game before where they absolutely should win and they could win to start off 3-0 and start off the season red hot. Uh, and they just don't. So I think they'll go, uh, I think they'll lose that game. But that's a three-game stretch to begin in the year that they absolutely need to take advantage of. And then you got week 12 to 13, the second stretch I think they need to take advantage of. They got Philly at home and then they got the Dolphins uh, on the road. They uh, they can beat Philly. I think they can beat Philly twice this year. I'm not too afraid of the whole Nick Sirianni and his rock, paper, scissor thing. I don't know if anybody saw that where he's playing rock, paper, scissor with, I think, the draft prospects, people they were uh, looking to draft. I, I, I don't know how I would react if an NFL coach said, hey, let's play rock, paper, scissor. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of that. That's not really what I would expect from if I'm meeting with an NFL team, whether it's in person or virtual amid the pandemic. I, I'm I'm not expecting rock paper scissors, but whatever. Um, so I'm not I'm not too confident in Philly beating the Giants. I think the Giants will win that one. And then they got Miami. Look, Miami's a good team. Miami almost made the playoffs last year, as we know. I think Brian Flores is the right head coach, but I I don't like the quarterback. I'm not a, I'm not huge on Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I and I think I'm not alone on that. I think some people don't think that he can play. Uh, you know, he's obviously he was big coming out of college, but you know he doesn't have a big arm. He's not mobile. He's not overly mobile, at least. Uh, he you know he doesn't have great size to him, and that's what you need. That's why you know Josh Allen is my prototypical elite NFL quarterback right now. And honestly, my 2021 MVP pick. I think Josh Allen's going to win the MVP this coming year. Josh Allen is big, has the big arm, and can is mobile and can extend plays and get outside the pocket. Tua can't do that. So he doesn't have a high ceiling like Josh Allen does. I'm not big on Tua right now. And maybe he could prove me wrong. And, you know, I'm rooting him. I'm rooting for him to be a good quarterback, to be a great quarterback in this league. I'm sure a lot of people are. But I'm not high in him right now. And I'm sure I'm not alone when it comes to that opinion. Not afraid of Tua right now. And if he doesn't significantly develop by this Week 13 matchup, I think the Giants could notch a victory here. So those are the, that's the second stretch. Then to close out the year, they got to win Week 16, 17, and 18. Okay. I think, okay. They could win the last four games, week 15 to 18. Week 15 is home against Dallas. I think they could squeak out a win. The Giants can. I'm not as confident in that happening as I am in the Giants winning week 16, 17, and 18, which respectively is Philly on the road, Chicago on the road. So they'll either be going up against the aging Andy Dalton or inexperienced Justin Fields or maybe even Nick Foles, who knows. And then Washington at home, Washington, as I said earlier, is not a team they've had many issues going up against in recent years. So that's the final stretch. That's a good stretch of games to have. If we think Philly, Chicago, and Washington are going to be what they are, um, you know, Philly not so good, Chicago same deal, uh, potentially. At least I don't think Chicago is going to be all that much. 
I think they have a quarterback issue. You know, we don't know what you're going to get out of Justin Fields. He could be a bust. Who knows? Um, I liked him coming out of college. I loved him at Ohio State, but you never know with these guys. And Andy Dalton is aging and is more so a backup in this league than anything. Uh, and then Washington, Washington was good last year, but it's the same thing. They don't have a quarterback. Good defense, great defense, great defensive line. Chase Young's awesome, but they don't have a quarterback. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to be the guy? What about Taylor Heineke? I know some people love Taylor Heineke. Slow down. It was one, it was one playoff game. And Tampa Bay didn't have a whole lot of film on him. Okay? Giants should absolutely win those last three games to close out the year. And overall, they got to take advantage of those three stretches that we talked about. So week one to three, which is Denver, Washington, Atlanta. Week 12 and 13, Philly uh, on the road. Or Philly, yeah, Philly at home, rather. And then Miami. And then week uh, 16, 17, and 18, which is Philly, Chicago, Washington. They got to take advantage of those what could be easy stretches because there is a mid-season stretch that is tough. Okay, Within a seven-game, eight-week stretch in the middle of the 20, 2021 season, the Giants have five games. One of them is New Orleans in New Orleans. That's tough, regardless of who's playing quarterback for that team. Dallas in Dallas. Giants haven't won there since 2016. Rams at home. They're going to be a good team with Stafford, or they're expected to be at least. Kansas City in Kansas City. Probably a loss. Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, also probably a loss. Not to mention Kansas City and Tampa Bay, both primetime Monday night games on the road. That's tough. That's tough. Giants could lose all five of those games I just named, I just mentioned. There are two games in that seven-game stretch, Carolina and uh, Vegas. I think they could win those two games. Carolina, I think the Giants could win. And Vegas, possibly, I don't know what you're going to, you never know what you're going to get with Vegas. Because... The Raiders don't really have much of an identity. They, they, there were some games last year. They weren't so great. But then they, they beat Kansas City. They played Kansas City tough in a loss against them. You never know what you're going to get out of John Gruden and Derek Carr's squad. Also, who, who knows who's going to be the quarterback in Vegas? Maybe they trade for Rodgers too if the Rodgers trade actually comes to fruition. So that's... But regardless, those five games, New Orleans, Dallas on the road, Rams, Chiefs, Bucks, that's tough. That's tough. So the Giants got to take advantage of those, what could those what could be easy stretches in order to combat those games. Because I think there's a chance those, if the Giants lose six, seven games in 2021, uh, I think five of those losses come in those five games. The other one, I can't, the other game I can't see them winning is... Uh, I forget, I think it's week 14. Yeah, I think week 14 or 15. I think week 14. Chargers on the road. I think Chargers are a playoff team as long as everyone stays healthy. As long as, as long as Herbert stays healthy and has a good year, I think that team's a playoff team. I really do. Um, but it's wild, man. It's wild. 17 games. It's a lot of games. A lot of games, obviously. Uh, it's gonna take, uh, gonna take some getting used to because of the records. Yeah, I feel like I got to get used to saying things like 11 and 6 instead of 10 and 6 or, you know, 13 and 4 instead of 12 and 4 or 13 and 3. It's 16 game. The 16 game format was just so symmetrical. I feel like you could actually go 500. Now there, there's no such thing as a 500 team at the end of the year anymore. That's it. It's done. That's not a thing anymore. So, but whatever. We'll get used to it and uh, we'll figure it out. Um, but. As of right now, the teams are, uh, the offseason program's in a full swing. OTAs are in session soon, later this month. 
Uh, phase two of the off-season program is in session now, this week. Uh, believe the players can be at the facilities for no more than four hours this week, no more than 90 minutes of on-field work. And then next week begin, begins the OTAs, at least for the Giants and Jets, I know. And I believe meetings need to be virtual in phase two. I believe that's also um, that's also a thing. And players don't need to wear masks inside the facility or outside if they've been fully vaccinated. And the two-week period since their final dose, whether it's the second shot of Moderna or Pfizer or the first shot of Johnson & Johnson, has passed. Players need to be fully vaccinated, all shots. Um, and then the two weeks, the two-week period following the final dose uh, needs to have passed. And they don't have to wear masks. So it's just another way for the league to incentivize getting the vaccine because the league can't mandate the vaccine they can't because then it becomes people have asked why can't they mandate the vaccine listen it's then it becomes a political issue and i just don't think the league wants to deal with that at all so in order to get past that the league has to incentivize getting the vaccine as much as possible without really and truly mandating the act of getting the vaccine because it's a political issue. They can't mandate the vaccine. And, um, you know, saying that you don't have to wear masks in and in or outside the facility if you're fully vaccinated and a two-week period has passed, that's a huge way of incentivizing the vaccine. Because it is such, it's tough to, listen, I, I, I wear your mask when you go out in public, please. You know, if just wear them. Like, I wear mine all the time when I'm out in public. It's not in, I don't find it to be an inconvenience. However, when you're doing these drills and you're running around the field and you're working out, my guess is wearing the mask is tough doing so. And if you're doing conditioning drills with a mask on, that's tough. And being able to take off the mask while you're doing those drills, whether it's in the weight room or on the field, when you're able to take the mask off while doing those drills, that's awesome. And so it's just a another huge way of the league incentivizing the vaccine. And um, it's crazy. Now, it's in places, I think, in general now, you don't have to wear the mask if you're fully vaccinated. That's a thing. I think places are still, you know, they announced that this past week at the CDC, um, if you don't have to wear the mask. But uh, I think places are still going to require masks for some time at this point. Just because I feel like if they say you don't have to wear masks anymore, people aren't going to show up to their, you know, restaurant, whatever it is, a restaurant or a convenience store, whatever it is. I think places in general are still going to require you wear a mask, which is fine for me. Again, I wear it all the time and I, I've worn it for over a year at this point every time I've gone out in public. You know, I'm going to be, it's going to take some getting used to uh, not wearing the mask in public when that becomes a thing. It's, I, I just, I wear it all the time now. It's become second nature to me to put it on. Um, yeah, I still wear, I, I'm fully vaccinated now and the two week period is up for me. I'm good to go. And I, I'm still wearing masks places. I kind of like looking ugly in peace. You know, I got a six pack of the Gator masks for Christmas and I haven't used all of them. So I'm trying to get that done before everyone stops wearing the masks, you know, so I'll still wear the mask until whenever, until they, until everyone stops wearing them. So, um, I like the Gators, man. Yeah. I have some of the camouflage ones. I got a blue one pretty wild. I look cool in them, I think. I'm not going to lie. That's why, you know, it's one of the reasons why I keep wearing them, even though I'm fully vaccinated. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, just going away from football for a bit. It's, it's crazy how, you know, things are changing right now. Obviously, we're still in a pandemic. I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and deny that or take anything away from the pandemic. COVID is still out there. 
still a thing. People are still getting it. Okay, I'm not going to deny that. But it's crazy to think how it all was a year ago um, from today, May 19th. Like when the 2020 virtual NFL draft occurred, it felt like, at least to me, felt like we were like in another world. No places weren't open. Barbershops weren't open. My hair was incredibly long. You know, I feel at first, I think it was March 11th or 12th when sports started to shut down and stuff really, you know, shit really started to hit the fan. I feel at first people thought it was only going to be a few months, this whole thing. And then once the end of May 2020 was near, you know, a year ago from today, once the end of May 2020 was creeping close, I feel people started to get a sense that like, oh, this is this pandemic is going to be a lot longer than we thought it was, at least in my opinion. Like, I feel like people were at first were, oh, this is only going to be a few months. I heard someone say one time, oh, I thought it was only going to be a few weeks. And I think once the end of May started to kick in last year, it was like, oh, shit, like this is going to be a lot longer than we think. But it's crazy now. I mean, places are opening back up. There are fans in stadiums. We had a full NFL season without a missed game. Uh, You know, a year ago today, we were, it was in the middle of sports being shut down. We didn't really have sports. You know, they, the NBA season got shut down. March Madness got canceled. Um, you know, I'm a big college across fan. I know college across got the, all the spring sports got canceled for college and we really didn't have sports much until the MLB season, uh, started up and the 60 game season started in July. And many people didn't think that should have occurred. Everyone thought it was pretty crazy that MLB was doing a season where teams are traveling from stadium to stadium, regardless of the fact that travel was limited because you're only playing a team in your division as well as the same division uh, on the other side of the, um, in the other league. Like for example, the Mets only played teams in their division, the NL East, and then teams from the AL East. So, you know, it's crazy. Now, full NFL season without a missed game, we're nearing the end of an NBA regular season. Well, we actually, we, we, we're at the end of the NBA regular season right now. The playing games are happening. Um, you know, not a full season, but it was 70, 72 games. Um, we're in the midst of a full MLB season where teams are traveling. Uh, as I said, fans are in the stands. It's wild, man. And to think of, it's crazy how, how long it's been. To think of all the things I've covered in sports, all the things I've talked about, and just all the things we've witnessed sports-related in this pandemic. You know, from a canceled 2020 NFL offseason program to a virtual draft to no preseason uh, to a giant season that had no fans in the stands to an NFL season where stadiums are either partially full, hardly, or not, you know, no fans at all uh, to a Super Bowl that had Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown scoring touchdowns and Tom Brady winning his seventh title the Dodgers winning it all, to LeBron winning it in the bubble. You know, that's how long this has gone on. And it's crazy the amount of events, the number of events, rather, that have occurred within a pandemic that some thought was only going to last a few months at first. It's crazy. People are getting vaccinated. Places are opening back up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just so much different, I feel like, the entire vibe of it from this time last year. And I know everyone's going to say the same thing. When this is all completely finished, because it's not completely finished right now, as I said, pandemic is still a thing. Like, it's still out there. I know everyone's going to say the same thing, or most people are going to say the same thing when this is all officially over. Let's move on and never talk about this again. 
However, you can't deny this has been a time period in our lives that we will never forget. You know, it's not like we're just going to move on and forget about it and this, you know, this period, this era in our lives is going to blend in with all the other years and eras of our lives. This is a one and a half to two year period, whenever this officially ends, I don't know. It'll be a one and a half, two year period that we will never, ever forget. And when we think of things like the NBA bubble or Tom Brady going to Tampa and winning a seventh title with the Bucks, we'll always remember and associate it with the pandemic. Those types of thoughts won't escape us. Not to mention, you know, the pandemic could lead to the start of many different things. You know, maybe there will be fewer office buildings in the future. I think there will be. I think more people will start to work from home. I think there will be fewer people doing five-day work weeks in the office moving forward. I think there will be fewer in-person meetings. I feel as if Zoom and conference calls will continue to be a thing. And overall, I think there are some people who are going to continue to be shook from this entire experience. You know, people will still be more careful of their surroundings and how close they are to people. You know, this, this whole thing has opened our eyes and minds to a different reality. It's changed stuff for us. It's changed the way our mind works and how we, you know, how we are out in public. And I know for a fact people have moved out of places like NYC and maybe Philly and all these different pla- and all these cities, and they won't move back because of this. You know, I think people are starting to realize that, you know, an overcrowding of people is it, it's tough. It's it's unsafe. It can be unsafe. Um, you know, you start to see there were comedians moving out of Los Angeles because Los Angeles is so populated. There's so many people and uh, people started to realize like, shit, that's an issue. I think regardless, you know, regardless of when this ends, when the pandemic ends, I think people are still going to be shaken up from the entire thing. I think this is going to change how people conduct their lives and how the way people think about certain things. And People are going to continue to be careful or even be more careful of their surroundings out in public. That's just how it is. This whole thing has been such a huge time period in our lives and it has affected so many people and has affected so many people you know, physically and mentally that people are just going to continue to be shaken up by this entire thing. You know, and I, even when the pandemic concludes, I think there will be long lasting effects of it in more ways than one. But when everything does ultimately open back up, you know, and there are no masks or social distancing at places like bars and clubs and concerts and sporting events, here's one piece of advice I can give to you. When everything opens back up and there's no restrictions and you're going out to places that you didn't go to for a long time, just be careful, okay? Just be careful and cautious. These places, when they open back up, could get rowdy and reasonably so you know some people haven't been out at a bar in over a year they need to blow off steam and they've been antsy and anxious to do so for over a year just please stay careful and cautious please that's the only piece of advice i could give you but without further ado that's all we have for today thank you so much for tuning in to episode 72 of the Wide Right Pack, Ride Right Podcast. Uh, as always, I am Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. As always, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey E S N Y. That's at Ryan Honey E S N Y. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast 
wherever you get your podcasts, okay? Wherever you can get them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, all right, talk to you guys soon. Thanks.